podcast dance. I don't know how to stop the music. Make it stop. <laughs> oh, man, it's nice having a huge budget like that, huh? I know, right? We've, <laughs> we've, we've made it big. We've got, we've got them big bucks now, now that we have the big bucks. advertisements <laughs> coming in from ChatGPT. <laughs> <laughs> Who are not an official sponsor of this show. However, they do provide us with a bunch of ridiculous sponsors of the show that you will hear more about later. <laughs> Uh, welcome, uh. welcome, folks, to another episode of Science Actually Presents the Nerd and the Scientist. Uh, I am your local scientist, Covey Rose, and this is my trusty nerd friend, Mr. Benjamin Salas, calling in all the way from the west coast of the US of A, and here I am all the way south in australia uh which is pretty much as far south as you can get uh before you start heading north <laughs> which is always i feel like as a kid that was kind of a bit of a yeah. a mind bender right like Take you can if you're, if you're on the yep. planet <laughs> yes yes Take yes, 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 yes. <laughs> you can go east forever you can go west forever but you can only go south for so long until you start going north Ah, that's brilliant. I really thought about it that way, but that is one hundred percent true. <laughs> Whoa! Or uh, one flat Earth listener. So later. Do we have a flat Earth listener? Oh gosh, I hope so, and I hope he's mad. <laughs> <laughs> he's real. He's real mad. He's got. He's got. He's got questions. He's got. <laughs> You round earthers! I'm gonna get you. Do you think they listen just to get themselves worked up? Like every week, they're like, "Ah, oh, another new episode." These these round earthers and their their space shenanigans. Again, I really, really hope so. <laughs> it it has been it has been nice looking at our analytics and seeing uh, listeners pop up um, all around. Um, <laughs> the globe around the globe ah oh, i'm loving it actually all you listeners we've been watching our rss analytics and there's a little dot that pops up every time a new uh, geographic location tunes into our show and we have a few hundred listeners now wow but they're all over the place and we're loving watching that map light up everybody so thank you for tuning in Seriously. and telling your friends because that's what we thank you yes and thank you for only telling your friends to listen to the good episodes and not the episodes where um (laughs) let's say a a motorbike zooms past in the background and my audio quality is ruined (laughs) or i laugh way too hard some anonymous people might have mentioned yes the 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 feedback the feedback (laughs) has been (laughs) good helpful the feedback has been good <laughs> but yes this um this brings us to the end of our first calendar year of the nerd and the scientist podcast and uh, that ties in quite nicely to the topic of today's episode which is benjamin tell the folks at home or wherever they're listening to this what the topic of today's episode is calendars 
Yeah. You can get a calendars with like bicycles on them or airplane <laughs> calendars. You can get basketball player calendars. And uh, you can get calendars that are thousands of years old, built with holes and stones in them in the ground that are still accurate to today. <laughs> so there's a variety. You got the NBA calendars, which I don't like at all. And then you got the ones <laughs> that have been around for eons that still work beautifully. <laughs> and uh, I don't what, know. Are how, you talking like, about the NBA like schedule calendar or is it like a physical calendar? I don't know. I don't like basketball. <laughs> I don't even know why I use that as an example. <laughs> I have three kids. Me. They all play basketball. I love them dearly. I don't like basketball. <laughs> Despite that, you love them dearly. <laughs> <laughs> moving along. I'm moving along. Yes, uh, calendars. A, a little while ago, I was scheduling our podcast to be aired, and I noticed I'm scheduling it with a calendar and I mentioned to coffee like, Hey, we should do an episode about calendars, not just calendars. Um, but how they came to be because it has a very strong tie in to astronomy. Um, and, uh, said, yeah, Benjamin, you're a genius. Your constant good ideas blow my mind. And I was like, Hey, that's what I do. That, that's actually a direct quote. Um, we'll be posting screenshots of Benjamin Murray's <laughs> private communication after this uh, episode, just so you can see that that was the exact wording that I used. But it is a, a very, very cool idea. And I think, yeah, it's interesting to see uh, over the millennia how astronomy, you know, kind of started in this very weird background role that transitioned into a role for uh, timekeeping um, and the creation of lore and and myths and kind of the framework for civilization's uh, understanding of the universe. And then also very quickly, as it was used for timekeeping, became this incredibly useful framework for agriculture and for, you know, daily life. Um, right which is quite quite fascinating to think that that's how it all started. Absolutely. Um, not the first calendar that we know of, but certainly a quite old one. Uh, the first ancient Babylonian calendar, which went mm. back as far as 3800 BC. Uh, they literally named their months after what those months were for. They had harvest month, barley month, first fruit harvesting month, the bull month, laying foundation months, uh, setting seeds month. I mean, they, they named the months were not named after gods or, or after, you know, uh, various Caesars, but they were named for actual, you know, important events in day-to-day -day life. This is the month that we do this in order for our little civilization to continue hmm. yeah it's it's interesting how a lot of these things were originally you know not just named for the fun of it or in any attempt to either flatter a, a historical figure or leader or just to be objective but rather yeah as you're saying like it was useful to have this knowledge and this knowledge was tracked through the stars and this is something that um i've learned a lot about from uh friends of mine who are uh 
Aboriginal or Indigenous Australians, and they talk all about this, about like using uh, the movement of the Milky Way across the sky to track the, the, the season, you know, to gather emu eggs, um, you know, using uh, the moon and the way the moon's uh, shadow appears through the sky to track the, the, you know, the different weather seasons. It's, it's really kind of interesting how like these things used to be useful and how just in a name, there's so much uh, information that's conveyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, the f- I don't know where I was going to go. I just completely lost the train of thought. <laughs> uh, I think. Uh, oh, sorry. Go on. I was going to say let's just we could just start at the beginning. Um, everyone's familiar with Stonehenge. Uh, it is a calendar, but there is a calendar that is actually found that is considerably older and possibly the oldest calendar that we know of, which is in Warren Field in Scotland. It's about 10,000 years old. Oh, it's wow. a series of 12 perfectly arranged pits in the ground, with, and each of them aligned with a stone. Mm-hmm. And what are they aligned to? They are aligned towards hills, or the peaks of hills and mountains on the horizon. And 12 times a year... Uh, if you're standing in one of those uh, alignments of a pit, a stone, and a mountain peak in the horizon, the sun rises on the peak if you're standing in mm. that perfect line. And there's 12 of them. So people knew early on, and this is 10,000 years ago, that there are about 12 lunar cycles in the year. And... If you arrange these pits and stones and mountain peaks, the sun will rise exactly where it's supposed to every single year. And I don't know which blows my mind the most, that 10,000 years ago, this is a very long time ago, (laughs) that we were able, our ancestors, to figure this out. Or the fact that people today saw not just holes in the ground but they saw hey they figured out that these holes were aligned with stones which are aligned with mountain peaks and they took the time to measure if it would come up with any sort of astronomical significance and sure enough the sun rose so the fact that 10,000 years ago our ancestors figured it out or the fact that today with all of our modern everything we saw these markings and figured it out reverse engineered what looked like anything just ordinary holes fascinating to me it's incredible i think um yeah the ingenuity and and to, you know just by the being ten thousand years ago and people not having i don't know the, the freedom to spend their time exploring the stars like maybe people do have today uh if they're fortunate enough i think i think what's really fascinating is the fact that you happen to have those geological formations that align with that in a way that you know allowed uh, that person or those people, that group, to to actually note that down. Fascinating stuff. It is. I mean, wow. back then there were there was no light pollution, so the stars were very, very, very clear, and mm. that was pretty much the celestial entertainment of the day. So everyone was very aware of the movement of the stars and the moon and the sun, or at least the fact that they were there and moving. Let alone if it was cyclical, but someone had to figure it out. 
Yeah, it is interesting. I think most uh, most calendars that have been maintained uh, since then um, tend to be a, a mixture of both like an annual calendar based on harvest uh, seasons mm-hmm. and then the more short time scale calendar is based on, as you were saying, like the lunar cycles, um, the monthly lunar cycles. Um, right. And like you see this, um, you know, in the Jewish calendar and in, in the, uh, the Muslim world in their calendar as well. And it's interesting how that has kind of, that link has, has lost itself. Like we, you know, everybody in the Western world still uses a monthly calendar with mm-hmm. no connection to the moon, even though that's exactly where it came from. Right. Um, the beginnings of the Egyptian calendar was an interesting one that had uh, not really months, but it had three hundred or twenty so day long sections, and each one was a hundred or twenty or so days long because it counted uh, four lunar passings before it became the next one there was Hmm. the nile flooding season then there was the emergence season and then there was a low water season and then Hmm. there were a few extra days at the end that's kind of like a celebratory it's the end of the year kind of a thing before they started really switching over to something that's more lunar more 12 monthly ish interesting yeah. I guess, yeah, you use those few days to celebrate the fact that you survived the, uh, <laughs> the denial flooding. We survived living out in this mad world <laughs> another year. Although I think, I think if we're being um, specific, I, I think the Nile flooding was actually a necessary part of their agricultural cycle. Absolutely. And if the Nile didn't flood, it would be yeah. bad news. Uh, it was very the bad ancient news. Egyptian. Speaking of bad news, I think it is time for an ad break. Um, already? Already. I know. Oh, I got so much more ground to cover. <laughs> <laughs> well, before before we get back to our uh, calendar episode, Benjamin, is there uh, something that you want to tell us about? Yeah, sure. Step right out, folks, and behold the wonders of the mighty 13er. That's right. The timekeeping sensation that defies convention. Are you tired of the mundane 12-month calendar? Say goodbye to the ordinary and embrace the extraordinary with 13 months of sheer magic. Yes, you heard it right. An extra month of enchantment all neatly packed into the calendar known as the Mighty 13er. But wait, there's more. Need an extra day for spontaneous shenanigans? Flip a page and presto! Your bonus day awaits. Worried about aging? Fear not. With the Mighty 13er, time stands still and you'll feel forever young. Act now and receive a free, limited edition, time-traveling pocket watch. Unleash the magic, seize the moment, and make every day an adventure with the Mighty 13er, where time bows to your command. Uh, it's amazing. <laughs> my, my, ad, my ad does not even compare to that. <laughs> Ah, come on, give your ad a go. 
Parents of the cosmos, listen up. Tired of horoscopes leading your kids astray? Fear not. Introducing Astronomy Adventure, the antidote to the mundane and mysterious. Every Friday night, your young stargazers join our experts at the Galactic Observatory. No more horoscopes, just constellations, galaxies, and other planet parties with space-age sodas. Astronomy Adventure is where the stars align. It's the place to be for your kids so fine. They'll learn to navigate by the stars, not the zodiac. Plus, each graduate gets an official Cosmic Cadet Certificate. Astronomy Adventure, the sky's the limit. Reach for the stars and watch your child's brilliance. Call now, 1-800-STAR-KID. Swap horoscopes for telescopes. It's Astronomy Adventure, where the future meets the firmament. There are so many things in that that made me so happy right now. I I, I am so surprised that it came Space out like sodas. this. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. It aligns <laughs> quite well um, with... Uh, you know, we're talking this episode about calendars and, and horoscopes. You know, we, we do give them a fair amount of flack on this show, but um, they're an important part of this, like, foundational aspect to astronomy's role in timekeeping, right? Right. I think it's uh, an interesting thing that some people have used to help keep track of time, uh, which zodiac sign or constellation is passing overhead. Um, so that's fine. That's a good way of timekeeping uh, as far as you know Taurus the bull is overhead and therefore everyone's going to die no no there's no <laughs> meaning there's no meaning but it, it's an actual it's it's a it's a very decent clock i guess it's a very say. very decent clock although it's right. changing it right? is changing it's a changing clock the constellations are as we know moving so maybe they'll work well for several more generations but some stars are going this way. Some stars are coming that way. Some stars are no longer going to be. So <laughs> some new stars will appear. So at the moment, it's okie dokie. Yes, it's good for now. But yes, I do apologize to everyone listening for having to um, suffer through my poor attempt at a transatlantic accent. But um, I liked that it. was the prompt. You liked it? <laughs> I liked it. That was the prompt that I gave to ChatGPT, so I felt like I had to I had to be true to it. Hey, I like it. Did you know that the Roman word for month was calend? No. It is. Hence the word calendar, which is uh... means a bunch of months. I learned that. I learned that. It's pretty good stuff. Huh. Ah, yeah. That is fascinating. The Roman calendar I'm... was awesome. But which? it was consistently all, the 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 first Roman calendar, which had it had actually a twenty nine and a half day month, and there were some uh, months that actually ended at noon, and then a new month began same day. They actually observed that for so, for uh, several years uh, in huh. ancient Rome. They tried to have a twenty nine and a half day month. I mean, yeah, I guess the, at the end of the year, mm -hmm. the twenty-nine days makes sense based on the lunar cycle. But right, I guess that the half day is them just trying to do math. Um, right, because so basically can't, there was like always see them. There was like a January twenty-ninth, and then on January thirtieth, it only lasted twelve hours, and then February first began at lunch, and <laughs> <laughs> and it went on like that for a good while, uh, but. Uh, in the time of the Caesars, they realized that calendar was 
perpetually getting off schedule. And so they try to fix it. And uh, that's when in 46 BC or so, we started getting uh, calendars with uh, some months 30 days, some months 31 days, and some months 29 days. Um, the only month to have survived, assuming with only 28 days, the only month to survive to today, which is 28 days, is the month named after the February festival. Hint, hint. February. Hmm. February. Come on, man. Give me all the answers. I know. I, I, knew, I knew that one. <laughs> I just I wasn't familiar with the festival. Yeah, that's how February got its name after the February festival. I don't know what they did in that festival, but it was good enough to name a month after it. Hmm. So I guess the original calendar was, um, you know, you had the various festivals, as we were saying earlier, you have, you know, specific events that are happening, and so you name the months after them. But in the second half of the, the calendar year, um, or the calendar that we continue to use, it's interesting. You have a mixture of um, numerical named months right. and then some non-numerical named months. And uh, there's this meme that keeps making its way around the internet every year that's like, oh, gosh, whoever it is that decided to name the ninth month September and the 10th month October and so on, right? These, and it seems like their numbers are out of style. It's like, whoever decided to do that should really uh, uh, be killed. And they're like, well, I have good news and bad news about Julius Caesar. I actually learned something. That uh, before September, the month we know as August used to be Sextilis. And before that, the month we know as July, it was Quintilis. And... <laughs> Quintilis was now was changed by Julius Caesar because <laughs> you know, gimme gimme, I'm Caesar, and Sextilis was changed to August after Augustus Caesar because mm-hmm. gimme gimme, I'm I'm Caesar. Sure. <laughs> and it was uh, May and June that were wedged in to uh, interesting to push everything forward. How about them apples? Them, them are apples. Them, them yeah. do be apples. <laughs> Interesting. I think we um we would be doing a disservice to all of our wonderful listeners wherever they are around this round earth, um, if we didn't talk about the cosmic calendar. I would love love to speak about the cosmic calendar because we already figured out the regular one here. <laughs> tell tell everyone listening at home about the uh, the cosmic calendar. Cosmic calendar is an excellent kind of uh, a thought experiment. If you could put the entirety of existence from the Big Bang all the way to today onto a calendar with uh, 12 a.m. on January 1st being the Big Bang and where Mm -hmm. we are right now being 11.59 and 59 seconds p.m. on December 31st. Where would all the evolutionary steps of our universe take place along the year of the cosmic calendar? The entirety of human existence that we know would occupy, oh my gosh, what, the last day? The 
uh, yeah, but it's the it's the last day of December. <laughs> Not even the full last day. Not even right. Um, this is actually something I do on science. Actually, uh, I have a cosmic calendar post that goes up during every significant event that we kind of know of that's relevant to the human to humanity. On mm-hmm. uh, I post it on Facebook at that time of the year. So I have a post that goes up. First thing, uh, January 1st, it says the Big Bang on the Cosmic Calendar. And then nothing goes up again until, I think, February or March when there's the first galaxy. And then nothing goes up again and <laughs> for a while until, like, summertime. And then nothing goes up again until, I think, September. And then it starts to get faster and faster and faster of all these events that happen, like the evolution of uh, mm-hmm. on our planet anyway of the first microorganism, the first reptile, the first bird, the first flower, the extinction of the dinosaurs, the first uh, primates, the first mammals, blah, 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 blah. When we come down from trees, our invention of language, and for, um, as the posts get ramp up in speed, for those of you who go to facebook.com slash actually science, you will see that from my, uh, on December 31st, there's going to be I think a rapid fire dozen posts that happened just before New Year's, which covers the last ice age. It covers the invention of uh, music, sculpture, writing, uh, domestication of fire. All these things happened so quickly, like a shot at the end of the cosmic calendar that humanity is just barely a blip. It's, it's actually a very interesting I just thought experiment. I've taken way too much time. That's really cool. I, I had no idea that you were doing that, and I was always wondering why I feel like my newsfeed just gets incredibly spammed by your page in the last day of the year. So now it all makes sense. That's <laughs> had the goal. reason for doing it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but <laughs> that's really cool, and um, uh, it, it's 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 just wild to like have that cosmic perspective, I guess, as as Carl Sagan used to say, this mm-hmm. idea that um, you know all of the modernity of you know the scientific revolution and industrialization and all of modern technology all happened in the final second of the final minute of the final hour of the final day um, of you know December in, in the cosmic calendar and it's such a, a mind-bending uh, perspective that gives. Mm-hmm. It really is. It's interesting. It, it, I, I, I think it's just fascinating how much natural evolution on the universal scale had to happen first before this wonderful podcast came into being. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, it's, it's, it's a shame that in order to create this podcast first, we had to create the universe, right? That and apple pie. Yeah. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, love it. I love it. Uh, this was this was definitely a really great idea of an episode. I'm glad that you came up with it. It was indeed a, oh, a wonderful, genius, spectacular idea. As, as I've already said to you. I did not hold a gun to his head. He's in Australia. He's saying this of his own free will. <laughs> There's no way that you could prove that. Uh, 
there that I'm in Australia, that is, because as we know, Australia doesn't exist. It's a conspiracy. <sighs> Gosh, yes. I mean, seriously, though. I can tell by your accent you're in New Jersey. <laughs> oh, God. Um, this this has been a, a wonderful episode. Um, I am thankful for all the feedback that we've gotten from, from uh, some of our fans. Um, anybody else listening, please feel free to continue to give us more feedback um, about what you like it. about the episodes and what you don't like about the episodes, preferably. <laughs> Just yeah. what, you like. what would you like to hear in our next episodes? I'd love to hear that one. Um, one thing I was told was uh, um, a few episodes back, I was telling people that they should stop what they're doing and go look something up, uh, but don't stop everything that they're doing. Still make sure to keep uh, breathing in that sweet, sweet oxygen. So I will say um, <laughs> thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode and for continuing to breathe that uh, 78% nitrogen and 21% oxygen and all the rest of that wonderful, good, good stuff that we like in our air. Don't stop breathing. Don't stop listening to the nerd and the scientist. Hey, where, where can people find us if they want to tell us what to listen to? I completely forgot <laughs> our little handles. Yes, uh, they can find me at Fun Fact Science on uh, all the good and all the bad social media platforms. Uh, Benjamin, where can the people find you? They can find me as science actually or actually science and all the good social media platforms and the bad ones and the one formerly known as twitter <laughs> we'll let you decide which category that falls into <laughs> you can find me on robo numeral 10 <laughs> thanks everyone enjoy the end joke? of the, the calendar year <laughs> Happy end of year. Ta-ta. We are made of star stuff. Well, you and I are made of star stuff. Kobe and Benjamin, however, are made of tiny sulfur bits that make rotten eggs smell the way they do. Trust me. It's science. <laughs>